Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa. Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa, Internet World, West Alabama, downtown Northport. Everybody watching us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. You're watching the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central. You're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon. And we appreciate everybody following us at Bama Central on the social media machines. We are your Sports Illustrated home for all things Crimson Tide. And it is a huge week here at Bama Central. Oh, reacting to the Texas loss. I think we're putting that to bed. You can uh, listen to either of our episodes Monday or Tuesday to listen to the commiserating, all the things that went wrong and what we need to do to get things back on track for the Crimson Tide. It's going to be a big rest of the week. Our team is headed down to Tampa to cover Alabama and South Florida, so we're going to be able to watch them in person down in South Florida, Raymond James Stadium, see if the Crimson Tide will bounce back and what it will mean setting up SEC play. You can follow Katie Wyndham, Austin Hannon, those will be Matthew Gibson and Will Miller heading down for Bama Central. And we'll be manning the fort from home, watching it on TV at 2.30 on ABC. But if you don't want to watch it on TV, you can uh, listen to my next guest and his team. We're going to be joined today, very special guest, by Roger Hoover, Crimson Tide Sports Network, play-by-play extraordinaire, really does it all for Crimson Tide Sports Network. I'm very grateful for Roger joining me today. You can follow Roger on the Twitter machine, at Roger underscore Hoover. You can see him on SEC Network from time to time doing all kinds of sports, baseball, volleyball, women's basketball, really every sport on SEC Network as well. And, of course, he's the host of Crimson Drive on Thursdays for uh, for uh, Crimson Tide Sports Network. You can watch it on their Facebook page and their YouTube page as well. This week it sounded, it looked like you're going to have Dallas Turner. Ooh, I hope you got more out of Dallas Turner than we did on Monday in the press, fr- press room. Good afternoon, Roger. Thanks for uh, dealing with the delay i'm sorry about that and thank you so much for your day uh time how's your day going yeah joe it's really good to be with you uh we had a fun time catching up in nashville of course over the summer at sec media days but i feel like now i'm finally like on the joe gaither show uh, getting to interact with you like this but yeah hope thing hopefully everything's going well uh, we're having a great day getting ready for Nick Saban tonight at 6 p.m. Hopefully we'll see what kind of a mood he's in. Uh, but let's, uh, let's kick it off with uh, – let's kick it off with news in your world. Uh, really, it's a huge year at Crimson Tide Sports Network. I mean, it's always a big time anytime football gets kicked off. But big celebrations as Eli Gold was welcomed back into the broadcast booth. He was always welcome, but uh, he re- really was healthy enough to return to his traditional role as the play-by-play guy – and I just want to get your perspective and opinion. Look, we saw a huge, we saw a huge game day piece on on Eli Gold, and really everybody who knows Alabama football knows Eli Gold, and really has a memory in their brain of what what he means to them. Anytime I think Eli Gold, I think the roses in this grand old stadium, or the, from the from the 2009 national championship game. I just want to open the floor. How's Eli Gold? How's it been working with him again? And really, just what it means to have him back in the broadcast booth with you guys. It's been outstanding. You know, Eli's done really well through the first two games. Uh, did very well, too, when we did some mock broadcast uh, of the scrimmages earlier in August as well as we kind of welcomed in uh, not only Eli back to the broadcast booth after missing a year due to health challenges, but also a uh, privilege to welcome Tyler Watson as our new color analyst. He has done an amazing job uh, for us for years and years and years on pre- and post-game shows on the Crimson Tide Sports Network. He and Chris Stewart used to team up for some of the pay-per-view games or some of the CSS playback games that they – 
used to do before the SEC Network came into existence in 2014. So he's fit in well. We've had Christian Miller on the sidelines uh, once again. We've certainly loved that. And then, you know, Chris as well, uh, getting to call the road games while Eli calls the home games. And we've got the best of everything we really feel like this year. And uh, we've certainly missed Eli over the past year. We missed Chris a few years ago when he went through some of his health challenges. So to have everybody healthy, working for the Crimson Tide Sports Network is really the biggest blessing that we have this year. Absolutely. And really, you know, don't sell yourself short. You have you, you have the velvet voice and really hold everything together. Uh, I, I find, you know, as kind of what would you say your role is host of, of, of game day? Uh, host, yeah. yeah. OK. And so re- really throwing it to people, setting things up and, uh, you know, the, the Reese Davis of Crimson Tide Sports Network. And so I think you do a great job as well. CJ Watson on our comment section. Uh, echoing you, that. So I appreciate CJ up oh, and my my friend Julene as well. Uh Really, you, you joined the Crimson Tide Sports Network in 2014, and so you've seen really the height and kind of the explosion of the Alabama athletics program post the early part of Nick Saban. Really, you saw basketball and softball still going strong, and really every sport has exploded uh, in the last 10 years. What's it meant to you, uh, for people who don't know, as a Tennessee grad to come to Alabama? Why do you got to bring that up? (laughs) Well, my best friend is a Tennessee grad. And so anytime he talks about John Ward, I'm like, I got a friend who might slide into that spot (laughs) one day. You know, we'll see what happens. Uh, What's it meant to you to to come to Alabama, get ingratiated with the culture, and just kind of experience and see every little piece of the Alabama athletics program excel over the last almost 10 years? It's been really good. And even before I started working for the Crimson Tide Sports Network, I was following Alabama. Half my dad's family is around the Huntsville area and went to school at Alabama. So I've always kind of been an Alabama fan. So, you know, when I first started working uh, on women's basketball years ago, it was a really natural fit. And everybody loves what Nick Saban has done with this football program. And like you mentioned, the way it's elevated all sports on the Crimson Tide campus. Uh, that's what's what's been really so much fun to see is that the championships, not just for the football team, but men's basketball, what they've done lately. And I've gotten to work with their team a lot. Uh, Soccer last year was one of the best stories I think I've ever covered in my career, uh, whether it's baseball or anything else. Uh, Seeing the rise of Alabama soccer was outstanding. So uh, it's been so much fun. Again, a team that I've always uh, loved, the University of Alabama. It's been a privilege to be part of it and hopefully it'll continue for a long time. Oh, we hope to hear you for a long, long time. Uh, not to kick anybody out of the booth, but but we hope to just keep you, you know, in, in, in the spot and moving up when the time is right. Let's talk football because that's what's on everybody's brain. Golly, two weeks, one great win against MTSU, one lackluster performance kind of on both sides of the football against Texas. The season's still very in front of uh, the, this team. What's your assessment of what you've seen through two weeks with this Alabama football team? Well, against Middle Tennessee State, uh, really everything went to plan, it seemed like, for Alabama. A good job on the line of scrimmage for both the offense, the defense. Jalen Milrow, solid performance. The wide receivers did a good job getting open. Alabama really didn't have to run the ball too much against Middle Tennessee, so the offense went out and did what we expected it to do. The defense, kind of at all three levels, from the defensive line, the linebackers, the secondary, also played extremely well. So that was certainly good to see. Then you get to Texas, and maybe things didn't go as expected as much in that ball game. 
game. Uh, and it was really just a few uh, turnovers that really hurt Alabama and explosive plays for the Longhorns that were the major differences in that ball game. You know, all games kind of come down to four or five plays. And unfortunately for Alabama, those plays went all Texas's way, it seemed like, on Saturday night. But it was a difficult loss. It's one that we're not used to, uh, of course, this early in the season and especially non-conference play. But that's the key. It is early in the season. It's a non-conference loss. Still, everything that this team wants to accomplish is right in front of it. And I expect the Crimson Tide to bounce back in a big way. And it has to start coming up this Saturday against the South Florida team that has a lot of new pieces. We aren't really sure what to make of this team that only went 1-11 and a year ago, but they have 38 players from the transfer portal. 31 of them have been and played Power 5 football before. So this is certainly a team to take seriously. And it, for those who want to get excited for this weekend's game, they can hear Roger Hoover and Crimson Tide Sports Network at 9.30 on the Crimson Tide Sports Network, 9.30 Central Time, uh, correct? Five hours before kickoff, that's 9.30. Uh, it'll be 11.30. We go three hours prior to kickoff always. Oh, no, no. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm tripping up my old job. We, we always started at five. And y'all, all right, three. So 11.30, I'm sorry. 11.30 on Crimson Tide Sports Network. You can hear Roger Hoover getting everything get started off with uh, uh, the, the pregame show. Look, I took, I was fooled against the MTSU in the MTSU game. I thought everything the guys had talked about. Oh, great! The more physical offensive line, the attitude on defense, everything has come to fruition, and so it's going to continue throughout the rest of the year. And obviously, it was only a couple of plays. It wasn't as bad as people probably uh, take away. Uh, you, you erase the two Jalen Milrow uh, interceptions, and maybe you drive down and score right there, and boom, the this score flipped ten points the other way. Do you think like what can we take from the South Florida game? You just mentioned how you just mentioned how they've they've turned they've had a huge roster turnover and they didn't have a very strong season last year. Alabama's a thirty two point favorite, even if the the Crimson Tide covers. Do you take a, will you be able to take a lot away from what we see this Saturday? Yeah, I think so. Starting with defensively for the Crimson Tide, uh, USF, even if the personnel maybe doesn't match what you're used to seeing from an SEC team, they are going to play a style of offense that we just saw last year when Alabama played Tennessee because their offensive coordinator, uh, the Vols offensive coordinator last year, Alex Golesh, is now the head coach of South Florida. So he's running basically the exact same offense that he ran with Josh Heupel at Tennessee. They're running that at South Florida. It's pretty similar as well to what we're going to see Lane Kiffin run with the Ole Miss Rebels coming up next week when conference play begins so uh, if you're Alabama you got to get used to the pace that USF plays remember how many plays we saw in the Tennessee game last year USF is doing better than that so far this year even though they're one and one with a loss against Western Kentucky and a victory against FAMU so it's going to be a fast-paced style how does Alabama's defense keep up with that and try to keep the Bulls out of the end zone that's priority number one and then offensively just go execute the game plan I think that's most important regardless of who is getting some snaps at some key spots can you execute the game plan and can you keep everything really on schedule and play turnover free football? I think is going to be most important. Absolutely. The ball was the most important thing. Uh, a lot of people in the stadium Saturday were crying and calling out for a quarterback change. Shailen Milrow has had two games as a, well, really three games as a starting quarterback and then it, uh, substituted in in the Arkansas game. He's shown great flashes of athleticism and he can throw the football, but obviously he had some detrimental mistakes turning the football over. 
Coach Saban on the SEC teleconference call earlier today basically said, oh, every position is up for evaluation every single week. You know, saying something without saying anything. What do you think the uh, status or the fate of the Alabama quarterback position will be this Saturday? Will we see, I mean, we saw Buckner and Simpson in the first week, but it wasn't in crucial crunch time snaps. The game was pretty much well in hand. Do you expect to see maybe Buckner or Simpson getting any snaps during crucial crunch time snaps where the game is still uh, relatively in the balance? Or do you think this job is still securely Jalen Milrose? No, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I think we have to go back to what Coach Saban said really all throughout preseason camp, that competition has to continue all throughout the season. And just because we kicked off against Middle Tennessee on September 2nd, that doesn't mean that everything you see on the field is set in stone. Competition happens during games. It happens in practice and uh, even in film review, just trying to clean some things up. So I anticipate the competition will continue going and whatever happens later this afternoon on the practice field, tomorrow uh, and even Friday leading up to the ballgame, and how pregames warmups go. I think they're judging everything very seriously, not just for the quarterback position, but all over the place. I think we've seen some wide receivers emerge that maybe we weren't talking about as much in preseason camp. Running backs could be a similar thing. Uh, so I think the competition there is going to continue to be heating up for the Crimson Tide. And again, it's by no means over at, at this point of the season. Jalen Milrow has done a lot of good things. I anticipate he'll still get the majority of the snaps coming up on Saturday. But again, it's all based on how the competition goes and even something I say right now who knows if it's still going to be relevant by the time we get to Saturday because again practice is going to be so key for this group moving forward so uh, even though it's in between ball games uh, this is a very important time for everybody in that Crimson Tide offense. You get to see a kind of a special perspective of this football team and really of all of the athletic teams being uh, being involved in Crimson Tide Sports Network you kind of get a little bit of more inside look what would you how would you comment on the team's mindset i mean you got to talk you got to kind of see them a little bit through fall camp just a touch and then you get to see them in certain certain roles uh you obviously spent a little time with dallas turner he's going to be your guest tomorrow on crimson drive people need to watch that tomorrow 2 p.m on crimson tide sports networks uh various social media outlets and youtube what would you say is the mindset of this team and how would you expect them to you know react to the loss and and respond going forward well, Coach Saban said all throughout preseason camp that this is a very competitive group and one that is focused, and he reiterated earlier today that he has liked some of the practice habits he's seen from this group. And I don't think, uh, again, a few tough plays in the Texas game is going to derail that competitive nature. And again, I think it serves as a giant wake-up call. Anytime you lose a ball game, as Coach Saban likes to talk about, you never waste a failing. And you never know how something like that will impact a locker room, kind of galvanize everybody together, and get this team headed in the right direction. So uh, I would anticipate this group continues working hard, and I think that's, that's why this Saturday is so important. Again, you can't after a loss against Texas, don't be thinking about what's down the road against Ole Miss, Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU, the Iron Bowl down the road. You cannot think about any of that. You've got to focus on the process. You've got to focus on the very next practice and what's coming up this Saturday against South Florida. But there are some really good leaders on this football team. Uh, you referenced Dallas Turner, who I have an interview with coming up uh, on Crimson Drive tomorrow. We get to talk to Tyler Booker for yesterday's show as well. You know, Even though he's only a sophomore, he is a real key leader on that offensive line, helping Caden Proctor right next to him at left tackle come along as just a freshman a transition that Tyler got to go through last year so uh, I trust this leadership council and there's a really dedicated group that's played a lot of good SEC football before and I think there are just enough vet veterans to where this team will know how to respond to a loss and I expect some really good things moving forward. 
Well, I'm excited about this weekend's game. It will be 2.30 on ABC and 11.30 on Crimson Tide Sports Network getting fired up. But we get to look ahead. The players are not. But we get to look ahead. Really, uh, one problem with covering a team or being at every game is you really only get to see Alabama's game that week. You can, it's hard to kind of keep up with the rest of the SEC and the rest of the league. But through two weeks, the rest of the SEC and the rest of the league hasn't really looked very formidable. And so with you know every pro- all the problems, the sky is falling from this past Saturday, everything is still, obviously, we already hit right in front of you. Ole Miss comes to town. You go out to A&M. You're going to have, a, a, obviously, your traditional SEC West schedule. But what have you been able to draw from the rest of the SEC? And really, as you stack them up against Alabama, how, you know, I think, how do you assess Alabama stacking up with the rest of the SEC after what we've seen through two weeks, even though it's kind of hard to kind of keep up with everybody as you're watching Alabama? Yeah, I think everybody's really a work in progress and not just Alabama, but like you mentioned, some of the other teams that have suffered some notable losses, whether it's LSU to Florida State, Texas A&M uh, to Miami. Uh, it's been just a little bit of a work in progress. And I think, again, it shows that the transfer portal and name, image, and likeness is a really two-way street. Yes, these SEC teams are able to bring in some of the best talent, maybe from uh, the group of five schools or other Power Five schools, but there's always some good talent leaving some Power Five schools and SEC programs uh, that we've seen uh, for really impact every single football team in this league so I think two weeks into a season everybody's still getting used to each other a lot of new coordinators in this league uh, in addition to head coaches so it's definitely an adjustment I feel like for everybody early on this season and we've probably taken for granted for so long how good the SEC has been in some of these early season notable non-conference games you know Alabama's won every season opener since coach Saban has been there so even losing week two is a bit jarring uh, for our fans but uh, again these things can happen from time to time in football, and it's going to be fascinating to see how this league plays out and the SEC West plays out because, again, we've seen some good. We've seen some bad from really everybody in the Western Division to start the year. When you know, uh, based off experience, you, you make your way through the West. If you, you handle your business in the West, you pretty much put yourself right back into playoff position, and maybe you get another crack at Texas or someone else and, and really uh, makes this loss meaningless. You hit the coordinators, new new coordinators across the league. So let's talk about Alabama's new coordinators. What have you, uh, Tommy Reese, obviously a young guy. He's right in our age range. And uh, Kevin Steele, veteran leader. What have you gotten to know about these guys? I mean, obviously, I only heard from them in their uh, in their fall media day availability. Maybe you get to hear from them just a little bit more, see them in a the hallway here or there. What's your feel for Tommy Reese and Kevin Steele? And then kind of what is your thoughts on how they're uh, implementing their system or wanting to uh, really d- direct each side of the uh, each side of the football? Well, like I said a moment ago, I think it's still a work in progress, definitely, uh, especially for Tommy Reese, who this is the first time he's been at an SEC school, first time he's been with Alabama. I, we heard from Coach Saban all throughout the preseason that Coach Reese is a very bright coach, and it's exciting that somebody with so many good ideas and a good vision of what offensive football can look like now gets to play with really the best of the best at Alabama and in the SEC. So I think it's still going to be a little bit of time before we can really figure out what he is trying to do offensively. Uh, we know being strong at 
the line of scrimmage is something he wants. Being able to run the football is something he wants. And that's certainly something Alabama needs to start establishing starting this week against South Florida. For Kevin Steele, it's just great to have him back in the building. I think he's one of the best defensive minds in all of college football. He's been hired three times by Coach Saban. I think that should show everybody that Coach Saban really trusts what he does. And again, there's just good organization, it sounds like. Even from talking to the players, they have a very clear idea of what they're supposed to do on each and every play. It's not too complicated. Uh, They have a good understanding of what Crimson Tide football should look like. And I still think the defense is the strength of this football team with what they're able to do up front with a very strong defensive line. Love the linebackers. And even the secondary, even though there were a tough few plays against Texas, that might be one of the best wide receiver cores or tight ends that Alabama is going to face all season long. So even in a defeat, a game like that will really serve this secondary well. I mean, you can't ask for two better cornerbacks than what we see in Kool-Aid McKinstry as well as Terry and Arnold. Caleb Downs is really explosive at a safety position. I have another interview on Crimson Drive coming up tomorrow with Rashad Johnson, who of course was uh, with us as a sideline reporter. He was an analyst for the defense before, uh, played in the NFL, two-time captain at Alabama. He loves what he has seen from Caleb Downs so far. So I think that's pretty high praise. And again, uh, he'll be able to talk more about that on my show tomorrow. But uh, I really like what I see from this defense. I think they play with a strong attitude that starts from Kevin Steele and Coach Saban, because as we know, that's where uh, Coach's eyes uh, during practice, they mostly go to that secondary and the defensive end of the field. So I think we're in really good hands there. And again, it's going to be exciting to see how they do starting this weekend with South Florida with that crazy pace the Bulls are going to try and play with. Well, despite the big plays this past weekend, the defense really left it all out there. I mean, really just kind of were out there maybe too long towards the end of the game with the offense struggling, but the defense played their tails off. So, yeah, you had a couple big plays. Oh, I liked what I saw largely out of the defense. So one question that remains for me with the Texas game and kind of conceptually going forward uh, for you guys, Alabama's doing a lot of these home-and-homes. And then uh, this weekend is kind of a spinoff on that contract. We're doing a two-and-one with USF. Or kind of Alabama's abandoning kind of the Atlanta neutral site game, Dallas neutral site game. And that's, that's, that's no problem. You're getting big-time home games and big-time road games. As a play-by-play guy, How was how excited are you to kind of go into new stadiums and see – you know, we'll be at Wisconsin, Alabama will be at Wisconsin next year. You got Florida State coming up soon. Obviously, Texas and Oklahoma will be in the SEC. So you'll see those as a part of the regular conference rotation. But you were at we were out Texas last year. Just kind of your thoughts on seeing some of these bigger venues and changing the scheduling philosophy for Nick Saban and Alabama. I really like what we've seen with the home and home matchups. And like you mentioned, this is a two for one deal. We'll get to see USF uh, come to Tuscaloosa coming up uh, in 2024 and 2026. Uh, And, you know, you look at some of the great trips like Wisconsin coming up, Florida State. I mean, college football, it starts with the word college. So you want to be on campus. You don't want to be necessarily always in a corporate environment, even though the neutral site games, I think, served Alabama really well for a long time. Uh, It's still an opportunity to show off Bryant-Denny Stadium when you're hosting great matchups like that. I mean, the University of Alabama got such great coverage just as a whole on College Game Day, on SEC Nation, on the Barstool Show. I mean, it's just incredible what a weekend like that can do for the university. I think there are so many high school kids watching that saying, I've got to go to Alabama. i got to be part of that football experience. And then it's great when we can go elsewhere and, you know, kind of get to see the other traditions that are going to be around college football, like jump around. I can't wait to see that in person in Wisconsin. It's going to be great. Uh, You know, going 
going on the road to some outstanding Big Ten schools, ACC schools. It's going to be really fun. You know, it's something I've honestly gotten to do a lot of in basketball, whether it's men's basketball or women's basketball over the years. We play a lot of Power 5 teams in home and home contracts, and that's allowed me to go to some tremendous places. Even uh, later this year, look forward to going to Syracuse for the first time with the women's basketball oh, cool. team. It's going to be a blast. Uh, hopefully warm in November, but we'll see. Uh, but, you know, that's what college sports is all about, and I, I'm really excited about the direction we're going in. And even a trip like this to go to USF, you're still getting to play in an NFL stadium. There are so many Alabama fans that live in the Tampa area. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and hopefully better memories than the last time we were there for the national championship game against Clemson. Oh, absolutely. Will you all be in the Carrier Dome in Syracuse? That's, oh, 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 will the women I'm play? I'm not sure for the women's team. I, they right. may play in a smaller venue, but I would love to see it. That would really be a lot of fun. Yes, absolutely. And you'll get out. Um, hopefully, you might be on the Creighton trip or uh, to the Toronto trip for the for the men's team. Perhaps we'll see. I mean, I I, I love Coach Oates' philosophy for scheduling. Just make it make it big. Get, Always get good. I love yeah. that. Uh, I want to spin off that that, that topic that it's going home and homes and going on into these venues. How would you say? I mean, Coach, really, uh, what? Oh eight, oh nine. You hit uh, you hit Virginia Tech and Clemson in Atlanta, and then you had Wisconsin in in Dallas and what? Uh, Wisconsin and Miami or Wisconsin and Michigan, excuse me, in in Dallas a couple of different times. Coach likes playing these high-profile games, and then he also likes going. Obviously, he's orchestrated these home and home environments. How would you say, maybe on a sub motivational level, uh, that it's as, that it's affected Alabama's recruiting? Is being able to become, you know, when Coach was here, I looked up some of the uh, for the first couple of recruiting classes had more than double-digit in-state uh, recruits, and obviously, we love our in-state prospects, and we love everybody who you know playing around the Alabama area. But you get to a tongue. From Hawaii, you get Bryce Young from California. You start raiding the South Florida area. Haha, Clinton Dix, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper's, and basically you're picking and choosing now from border to border, and even outside the USA with Justin Okoronkwo, and you got Olasa Lennon, Jesse Williams in Australia. Just maybe the sub motivational factor of we're going to play these big games. We're going to play in these bigger, uh, uh, bigger venues, even if we're playing on the road, true road games. Uh, and maybe it just continues to build the Alabama brand and attract the, the highest profile athletes. I think it's definitely part of it. And the Alabama brand is so strong nationally, internationally. We heard from a million times coach Saban talk about his uh, trip to Italy and how many roll tides he got after he didn't really even think there would be much, uh, you know, recognition of him, uh, abroad, but he heard it con nonstop at every stop he went to someone was saying roll tide again, the role, the Alabama brand could not be stronger. And I think that's in large part, thanks to the success Alabama's enjoyed under the Saban era. Like we mentioned, the campus has gotten better. Tuscaloosa as a city has gotten better. People want to be a part of this and you get to extend that on the road. I know it means a lot to a lot of Crimson Tide alums who have uh, maybe got, come from other states. It's not so much now as much as it used to be, you know, in-state students at the school nationally, internationally. People want to come again and be a part of everything that's really special at the University of Alabama and Tuscaloosa. So you get to go to uh, you know some of these outstanding places to where, again, you're showing off the Crimson Tide fan base. We know there are Crimson Tide fans that are going to be there. And, and Alabama, even coming up this week, I expect to have a really good crowd advantage. It's 65,000 seats. It's not the largest stadium in the world. USF does have a good fan base. It's a large school at the University of South Florida, but uh, we know the Crimson Tide fans will travel well 
we know they've had this uh, trip really circled for a long, long time. Maybe get some golf in, maybe get some time at the beach around the football game. Uh, it's certainly part of the fun for the Crimson Tide. And again, that's why it's great to see so many of these home and home uh, matchups scheduled in the future because there are going to be some really great destinations to continue following the Crimson Tide and cheer them on uh, far away from Tuscaloosa. I know several people who are going a day early so they can enjoy Disney World. You a big Disney World guy? Disney World or Universal Studios? Uh, always Disney World. I lived in Jacksonville, Florida for a long time. And so Jumbo that was shrimp. a quick trip down to, uh, yeah, the, my old job, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimps. So, yeah, I always enjoyed uh, getting down there. So, yeah, I hope a lot of fans are able to take advantage of that opportunity. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, Roger, we're talking to Roger Hoover, host of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. You can see him on Crimson Drive on uh, at 2 p.m. on all of the Crimson Tide Sports Network's social media outlets and on YouTube as well. If you want to listen to this weekend's broadcast, it'll start at 11.30 Central Time. You can just flip over to any of the Learfield affiliates and, and find it. They'll get you ready, and, and you can mute ABC and listen to uh, listen to Chris Stewart and, and, and uh, Tyler Watts and, my, and Christian Miller. It's going to be a great broadcast right there on the your field let's talk just real quick get you out of get you uh, kind of wind this thing down you mentioned the soccer team last year being one of your favorite stories Alabama soccer 5-0-3 already on the new year opening up SEC play and currently the highest ranked team on campus what's your feel of uh what's your what's your feel on this new new season the new version of the 2023 version of Alabama women's soccer well, really happy they're still undefeated. I know the three draws could be a little bit frustrating, especially some of the scoreless draws we saw. And that's the one thing I think that has changed a little bit from last year is there was such a good balanced offensive attack. Alabama had the best scoring offense in the nation, uh, led by Riley Mattingly-Parker, and she kind of helped everybody uh, get some opportunities to score goals. Uh, defense was really strong again a year ago. Defense already this year has proven to be very strong. Similar cast of characters on that back line, uh, really anchored by Sasha Pickard, Bell's Katura Bright is back. Macy Clem's doing some really nice things in the midfield. Uh, the one thing that Alabama has got to figure out is how to put goals in the back of the net from somebody other than Gianna Paul. We know Gianna Paul, the SEC freshman of the year, is going to get her goals. Had a fantastic score against North Carolina to force that draw against one of the best teams in the nation in the North Carolina Tar Heels. So that's good to see, but got to find some production again from all over the pitch, uh, similar to what we saw a year ago. Uh, maybe Alabama won't put up the impressive offensive numbers that we did see a year ago but I still think in SEC play they're going to be one of the best teams along with Arkansas uh, they are going to be really battling out for that top spot in the Southeastern Conference and look forward to being on the call for a few of their matches coming up I won't be on the one tomorrow against Georgia but uh, I believe Vanderbilt Mississippi State and LSU I'll be calling on SEC plus coming up later on in the season so can't wait to see the progress they're make they're a team that just loves playing at Alabama. I think that was the most fun part of last year as well, seeing maybe all the football or the basketball, baseball, softball fans that had never paid attention to soccer before. All of a sudden, they were at the Alabama soccer stadium. They're sharing every win on social media. Uh, the players, you know, their follower counts grew like crazy on all social media uh, outlets. And uh, it was really fun for everybody to be a part of the success they had last year, winning the SEC, going to the College Cup. And now that's the new expectation for Crimson Tide Soccer. And I think they've embraced that. The players really love that. Coach Hart loves that. His recruiting continues to be really good. So I think uh, fans need to get used to soccer, to being a part of the fall experience in Tuscaloosa, trying to win a soccer championship. Rashinda Reed is only in her second season as the Alabama volleyball coach. They've really flipped the roster. Uh, this is a brand new team for this season, only in her second year. So I'm excited to see what they can do in SEC play. And then we're going to be at Coleman Coliseum 
talking men's and women's basketball, gymnastics before we know it. Uh, again, I love my job because I get to work with not just the football team, but everybody on campus. And uh, it's going to be a tremendous year. I think we had a very good year last year with all the different championships that were won. And I think fans need to be ready to celebrate some more this year because it's a special time in Alabama with a great group of coaches, student athletes that we have here on campus. Absolutely. We are 54 days away, I believe, from Alabama the basket, men's basketball kick, uh, tipping off November 7th. So we'll be looking forward to that. The ladies tomorrow are in the Alabama soccer complex. If people don't know about it, it's free. You just show up and say roll tight. It's free event. You're playing Georgia. What more do you need to know? You're playing Georgia. Come on, guys. It's going to be the SEC opener. The ladies are trying to once again win the SEC. They went undefeated last year. And then if you guys are at home, you can uh, watch it on SEC Network Plus and tune in to Crimson Tide Sports Network for Hey Coach at 6.30 p.m. Who Do, do you know who the uh, who the guests will be tomorrow night? Obviously Nick Saban at 7 o'clock. But do you know uh, who the other superstars, the coaches, the athletes that y'all might have on tomorrow night's show? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head from what other sports will be with Eli in the first 30 minutes. I do know the media guest is Jim Dunaway uh, nice. from the next round. So that's certainly exciting to see uh, what he's got coming up. Uh, so he'll be, uh, he and Coach Saban have a good relationship. Co Jim has uh, hosted his coach's show before on television. So that'll be a lot of fun. Do you think we get a Nick Saban rant tomorrow? I mean, everybody's kind of been, uh, you know, feeling squirrely after the loss. Do you think we get a little calm down? Everything's fine rant from Nick Saban tomorrow? I don't know. You know, it seems like the bigger the game, you know, the more calm he is. And then, you know, some of these out-of-conference matchups, that could be where the rant is coming. So uh, I would definitely say stay tuned, and maybe we'll see it coming up tomorrow on Hey Coach. And Julian made a great point. Yeah, baseball, softball, too. You know, that is, you know, still pretty far down the road in my head with all the football <laughs> we've got coming up. But, yeah, I'm, I love Rob Bond with what we were able to uh, catch up with him in June. I know you've gotten to be around uh, that program a lot, too, Joe. I mean, it's a, it's a special group from a year ago i'm so glad jason jackson is still part of this coaching staff i don't think you can find a better pitching coach in the nation and with a lot of the talent that decided to stay and remain loyal to the university of alabama i, I think it's going to be a really exciting baseball product and i can't wait to see how rob bond really builds this roster over the next few years because he had zero resources at the university of maryland and to compete in the big 10 which people may say oh big 10 baseball is not much it's so cold during the spring there are some programs there that spend a lot of money on baseball baseball and they made it a huge priority and he was able to get Maryland that didn't spend a lot of money didn't make it a huge priority he was able to get them past them to the championship level of the Big Ten relatively quickly uh, it's exciting to see what he can do now with all the championship resources we have in Tuscaloosa and especially at Sewell Thomas Stadium well, did you get more out of Dallas Turner than we got on Monday? We got about two and a half minutes and maybe 12 to 15 words out of Dallas Turner you get more out of him for your show tomorrow well, for our one-on-one -on -one player interviews, we kind of keep it at about two minutes all okay, the time, okay. and uh, that was about what we had with Dallas. Uh, Tyler Booker, we went a little long with, but that was because of Tyler Booker. You know, he sure. is very gregarious, and uh, he had a great message to share about what Coach Saban talked about after the game, plus how he's trying to step up as a leader. Uh, the coolest thing from that interview, I don't know if uh, you heard this or not, but he said, you know, after the ball game is over, they can take the bus back to Mount Moore and uh, go back to the locker room there. But he always chooses to walk through the crowd from Bryant-Denny Stadium to meet fans and to have, to have you know, 
autograph signings or take a few pictures with fans, talk to them even if, if even if they're not trying to get a picture or an autograph. I thought that was one of the coolest things. And again, something you just don't see, especially from a young player who's only a sophomore. You kind of maybe can hear about that from a senior every now and then that knows they're kind of running out of time in that crimson uniform. But Tyler Booker is early in his Alabama career and he loves interacting with the fans. So uh, keep an eye out for him, uh, for fans uh, as they're making their way home from the Ole Miss game in a couple of weeks. So you may have a great opportunity to meet Tyler Booker. Absolutely. And that game is going to be at 2.30. So you guys can listen to Crimson Tide Sports Network again at 11.30. Roger, I really appreciate you hanging out with me. I'm sorry we went a little bit uh, behind my time there. Uh, you can follow Roger Hoover at Roger underscore Hoover on the Twitter machine. You can listen to him everywhere you hear Crimson Tide Sports Network on near field. And really make sure you pay attention to him for Crimson Drive. Uh, one thing, how has it been like working with, Na- with NASCAR for Crimson Drive? I love it. I know my friend Julian, who's watching the show too, is also a NASCAR fan. But you know, I you mentioned I'm from Tennessee originally. I'm from around Bristol Motor Speedway. So okay. I grew up going to the spring race, the night race every single year I was growing up. So uh, I am a longtime NASCAR fan. I was a Dale Earnhardt senior fan and then uh, transferred my fandom to junior uh, once he passed away. Uh, so I have always loved NASCAR. And that was one of the reasons I loved getting to meet Eli in the first place was not just Crimson Tide football, which I heard him do. But, you know, I, I probably I was so annoying to him the first couple of years I worked with him and just asking him about tell me about Terry Labonte. Tell me about Bobby Labonte, you know, Richard Petty, all this kind of stuff, you know. So uh, it's a NASCAR and Alabama have always had a really good relationship and the fact that we're able to bring that together uh first of all inside the stadium i think fans always enjoy getting to see the nascar drive summary after a crimson tide scoring drive the way on the led boards they have the cars wisping by with the current paint schemes for all the nascar drivers that's really cool and then the fact that they've been able to sponsor our show crimson drive uh which goes twice a week during football season tuesdays and thursdays at two once a week uh the rest of the year on thursdays at two o'clock the fact that nascar is a sponsor of that we've been able to interact with the Talladega track president. We're trying to get a few drivers lined up uh, in the buildup to the Yellowwood 500 coming up on October 1st. But uh, it's been outstanding because, again, uh, as you mentioned earlier, I don't get to watch that many sports. People come up and talk to me all the time about all these different sports. I really don't know much outside of Alabama and SEC athletics. I'm able to watch a lot of uh, baseball. I'm a big baseball fan from my time in the minor leagues and grew up a Chicago Cubs fan. But NASCAR and golf is about it. That's kind of what I like to spend my Sundays doing if I have the chance. So always two screens, one on the NASCAR, one on the golf. So uh, I love NASCAR. I love the fact that they're a partner of the Crimson Tide. We had a really cool Alabama wrapped car in our uh, Champions Lane that was on display on Saturday, as well as uh, fans entered to win a, a custom Alabama NASCAR helmets that had a houndstooth visor. I mean, it was really, really cool. So, yeah, it's a great partnership. Uh, love NASCAR, love Alabama, and uh, love to see them work together. Absolutely. Your Cubs have been on fire post-All-Star break, so hopefully you get to enjoy that a little bit more. Yeah, well, well hopefully some October baseball for them. Yeah. Uh, last night's game kind of broke my heart, but uh, you know that's baseball at times. But yeah, they're in a good spot for the wild card, uh, so we'll see. Hopefully, it's a very busy October, not only keeping up with the Crimson Tide. Hopefully, the Cubs in the playoffs, and then of course the NASCAR playoffs are really going to be heating up then, especially with the race coming up October first at Talladega. Absolutely. That's Roger Hoover joining us today, gracing us with his presence and his velvet voice. I really appreciate your time, Roger. I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, Safe travels getting down to Tampa. Everything goes well and smoothly for you guys. And we look forward to listening 1130 on Crimson Tide Sports Network tomorrow night, 630 on Crimson Tide Sports Network. And of course, Crimson Drive Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. on all the Crimson Tide Sports Network's outlets. I really appreciate your time, Roger. I hope you have a great day and let's do it again soon.
Yeah, that'd be great, Joe. Uh, again, huge fan of you and the work you've done for Bama Central. And I have to give a shout out as well to the whole Bama Central team, uh, not only for covering the Crimson Tide so well, but they helped me on game day. Uh, Katie Windham, Blake Blyler, and Austin Hannon have been able to get able to give me some of the player interviews uh, since I'm kind of stuck in the radio booth all throughout the day and even post-game can't go down and cover uh, our players who speak to the media. Uh, those three to start the season, uh, Joey Blackwell before that, you know, always have been really helpful getting me that audio, getting uh, our players heard on the Crimson Tide Sports Network postgame. So especially thanks to Katie, who has kind of spearheaded the effort there. Really appreciate the work that all of you guys do covering the Crimson Tide. Please keep it up. Absolutely. Katie and them there do a great job. I appreciate the shout out. I'll tell them you said hi. Have a great weekend, Roger, and enjoy the game. And, uh, you know, roll tide. Roll tide. We'll see you guys. Thank you, yes, Joe. Sir. Yes, sir. That's Roger Hoover joining us, and I really appreciate him hanging out with us. Uh, he, uh, he waited about 10 minutes after my time that I, that I told him to jump in. I was kind of wrapping something up, so I really appreciate his graciousness, and he is an absolute consummate professional. So you can hear him. Again, I encourage you guys, right after I finish on Tuesdays and Thursdays, just flip right over to Crimson Tide Sports Network's Facebook page to their YouTube page and watch Crimson Drive. He brings you great content inside the in, – inside the program deeper than I can go and I really appreciate him joining us on the program today you can follow Roger Hoover at Roger underscore Hoover he's going to be all right there down in Tampa watching the game and really helping out Chris Stewart and Tyler Watts it'll be Chris Stewart's first time on the play-by-play this season you heard him on play-by-play all year last year did a great job Chris Stewart crushes it on basketball so I cannot wait for basketball to get kicked off probably what I think 54 days 54 55 we're right there from, from November 7th and just really, really uh, appreciative of Roger giving me some of his time already today. Now, tomorrow on the show, I am thinking uh, we, we've got it in the works. We're going to be talking to a million-dollar band member, maybe two million-dollar band members. We'll talk about their trip down to Tampa. We'll talk about how what, how, and what goes into being a band member, uh, how much work they do in the summers, and really just everything that goes into being a part of the million-dollar band. So we'll talk to a couple million-dollar band members tomorrow on the program. You can tell a friend about the show. We're, we're live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. We're on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, and on Amazon. Always, you can find us at Bama Central on BamaCentral.com. We are the Sports Illustrated home for your Alabama Crimson Tide. You can follow me at Joe Gaither 6 on all the social media outlets. Send me your comments, questions, queries, and complaints. I love each and every one of you guys. CJ Watson, former Million Dollar Band member. I appreciate your, your comment right there. Hopefully, we can uh, reconnect with your experience tomorrow on the program with two of our band members. So, I hope you guys have a great day a great a great day enjoy the rest of your wednesday reminder we'll talk to nick saban at 6 p.m you can follow it at bamacentral.com austin hannon and myself will be in the new in the room trying to ask nick saban what went wrong and what's gonna go right this weekend we'll find out tonight at 6 p.m in the naylor stone media room nick saban talks to the media so i'm gonna get out of here i'm gonna get ready for that and we'll talk to you tomorrow right here on the joe gaither show on bama central and bamacentral.com